that was a moment when I had a very clear understanding of, okay, this is not that word for me. And that's when I realized that autonomy is my number one core value. I want to be able to make the decision of where I am, what I do, how I spent my day. Welcome to the Self Starter Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women, just like you, who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, and every week I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. Let's go. Ever wondered what it's like to transition from high stakes career tiger in the corporate jungle to a life defined by true fulfillment? In this compelling episode, join us as Marta Bacher shares her remarkable journey of breaking free from the corporate grind to living authentically on her own terms. Her story challenges the norm and invites you to explore the transformative power of identifying core values and fearlessly pursuing happiness despite societal expectations. If you've ever wanted to pursue a life beyond the confines of conventional, then this episode is for you. Marja, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your story with the self-starter audience. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yes, definitely. Now, you are currently the founder of Space to Think, but your career didn't start that way. I saw that you mentioned you started a career thinking that you wanted to be this big CEO of a multinational company, be on lists like 30 under 30 and Forbes 500. So I'm curious, kind of what, what were you doing beforehand that really made you want to pivot into life as an entrepreneur? Oh my goodness. Yes. So <laughs> this is where, where I always have to laugh because I have to think back of this conversation I had this December. I'm a digital nomad and I was in, uh, in the States. And I came back to the Netherlands where I'm from to be with my family for a month. And I was hanging out with my brother. He's two years younger than me. And he was just looking at me one moment. And he said, you really changed. You know, you really changed. And I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, you used to be such a career tiger. That's how he said it. Like, you used to be such a career tiger. And now you're just kind of just being. And you're just satisfied. And you're living life. And you're enjoying. And I thought, damn, he's right. He's right. I used to be such a career tiger. And in that moment with him, I said, okay, let's look back at some pictures. So I'm sitting with my brother in my parents' home and we're looking through our family WhatsApp history through all the pictures we've sent. And we're going back to my college time and then scrolling through through my first job in high-tech innovation management. And I can just see myself change. And I can see myself being that career tiger that he was talking about. Like I it was wearing suits and my hair was super short, which looked awesome. And I'll probably go back to that at some point. But I just was so focused on winning this corporate game. Like you said, I wanted to be this big CEO of a multinational. And I was set on that dream and that that was what I was meant to do. So everything I did was in line with that. Like I did all the extra stuff in college and I did all the, you know, honors degrees and whatever. And then went to work for a startup, then went to work in this innovation consultancy where I was doing all these big presentations for CEOs. And I was like working my way up to that vision. And then when I was looking at these pictures, you see me change. I start to wear like 
super flowy baggy jumpsuits and like no bra and I'm hanging out at the beach on my vacations doing absolutely nothing which was really hard for me at first like I had to read this self-help book and I see myself just change and I see what my brother meant of becoming more me and more satisfied and more fulfilled and the more I think I started to notice that the more it started to make sense that that CEO 30 under 30 stuff wasn't really what I wanted it was something that perhaps I thought was what I wanted because of maybe what society had shown me was success, right? This is success. If you make it to the, the lists and you make it to the awards and you have a lot to say about a lot of people, but I started to realize like success for me is time, it's health, it's not being stressed, it's spending time with my family, it's being able to travel. And when I realized that, the path that I was walking just didn't seem like the right path anymore. And that's when I pivoted starting my own business so it was really cool to see how that was also reflecting in people around me and how my brother kind of saw that transformation and sometimes you are so in it yourself you don't see it and you need someone else to shine a light on like hey you have changed in a great way so that's kind of how that vision and that dream has now transformed into something completely different I liked how he called you the kind of ex-corporate tiger, how you went from being a corporate tiger to really being, and that's a really beautiful way of putting it because you are really showing up authentically as yourself. So I am curious, did you feel like you were suppressing who you truly were in order to really feel like you had to win at that corporate game? That's a really good question. And I think at that time, if you would have asked me, I would have said no. Like, this is just me. This is my pure desire. If you would have told me pure desire, I would have probably laughed because I was in tech. So I was like, what are you talking about pure desire? Like, what are you talking about intuition and stuff? <laughs> you know, I was really focused on that logic. And if you ask me now today, yes, I was absolutely suppressing my authentic self. But I didn't know that at the time. And I think the way that I can see it now that that definitely happened was I was following someone else's path. And I wasn't truly happy and I was continuously stressed. Even when I did achieve the milestones, that was the funny thing. Like I was being very successful. I was getting promoted. I was doing all the big things. I was traveling around Europe, pitching the startup. The success was there. And yet still, I was so stressed and so unhappy. I just remember in the weekends, not even being able to go see my friends because I was so exhausted. Like, is that really success? I was clearly suppressing who I really was. But if you would have asked me in that moment, I would have probably said, oh, no, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing what I definitely think I should be doing. Right. <laughs> Something like that. I completely relate to that. When you were going through kind of this transition, going back to your really authentic self, was this an intentional pivot back to kind of who you really wanted to be where you had more time and you felt more fulfillment and you were able to travel. And I know you said you were wearing these long flowy jumpsuits with no bra and you just felt more free. Like, was this intentional or was this something that just kind of naturally progressed as you became more and more stressed with the corporate hamster wheel? I think it naturally progressed, but I did spend a lot of time thinking about this. So I did spend a lot of time just asking myself these questions of like, well, what really is the point if this is going to be my life for the coming 40 years? Right? What really is the point if I'm living from weekend to weekend, but really all I do in the weekend is recover from the week. So I'm living from vacation to vacation with a limited amount of PTO, which in the Netherlands is generous compared to America. 
what is the point to trust my life? Because there's five days of the week, and this is very strongly put, but that's truly how I felt. Five days of the week weren't mine in my mind. Only two days were mine. And in those two days, I was recovering from those days that weren't mine because those five days belonged to my boss. And I think one of the really key moments where it was very clear to me that this shift was happening, like it was an undercurrent, but it was a really strong stream, was when I had been to America for three months to work remotely, and I wanted to do that again. So my partner is from South Carolina, and I wanted to visit him, obviously, and I was told that that wasn't possible. That was a moment when I had a very clear understanding of, okay, this is not going to work. And that's when I realized that autonomy is my number one core value. I want to be able to make the decision of where I am, what I do, how I spent my day. And if someone who is not even like my partner or not even involved in my life in any other way than just work is going to tell me that I can't be where I want to be, I got so much rage in that moment. Obviously, I didn't let it out because women don't really let out rage. So I came home and I was mad and I had never been that mad. And I was like, why am I feeling this way? And that's when I realized it's the economy. That's when I realized, okay, this can't go on. So it was like a trickling down. And then some of these moments of which one of them was this one, where I just got amplified. Okay, something needs to change. This is not for me. Yeah. And you said something really interesting in there that like women aren't allowed to show their rage. And it's really unfortunate, especially in the corporate world, because if we do show a little bit of dissatisfaction, then we are seen very differently from our male counterparts, where you should have been able to speak up and should have been able to say, you know what? I respectfully disagree with you. And I really want to understand why I'm not able to do that. If it doesn't impact my job, if I'm still performing up to the standards, why can't I do something that is going to actually allow me to perform better because I'm happier, I'm with my partner, I'm with the people that I love and I'm doing something that I love. So that's just very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's becoming more and more clear for me as I was also reading his book called Rage Becomes Her, which is about this topic of women like not really expressing their rage, of how that really limits us when we're not expressing the full range of emotions that we're experiencing. And in that moment, there was absolutely a conversation about, okay, what makes you say that I can't leave, right? What What's happening? But I didn't feel empowered. And this doesn't have anything to do with the people who I was having the conversation with had really much to do with me. I didn't feel empowered to really express how that was for me. Also, by myself, not even being able to express it to myself, you know, being alone in my room, not being able to express the emotions and feelings that I was feeling. And I think that resonates for a lot of women. Like you are mad. And, and this book that I read names a very specific example of this young girl watching her mom in complete silence, throwing dishes out of the window, just throwing plates and cups and bowls out of the window with a blank face, completely emotionless, stops and goes back to work. And this girl sees this, doesn't talk about it with her mom. Her mom doesn't know that she sees it, but that even grown women by themselves or who believe that they're by themselves cannot fully express their anger. And I think it limits us in a way because all that stays stays inside. And this might be a total tangent, but it's actually really present for me because I have been feeling a lot of rage in the past weeks and it comes up when I'm working out. I'm going to be super transparent because I feel like women will benefit from this. So 
when you're working out, your cortisol levels rise, like you're doing weight training or something. I get freaking mad, but not not just not just mad, like rageful. And I'm like, what is going on? Why am I feeling this way? And I am 100% sure it's not from that moment. It's not that something's making me angry in that moment from weightlifting, but this is stuff that I have kept inside and it's been coming out lately. And I can't tie it back to a specific moment, but I know it's been bottled up. So, so much for this tangent, but I feel this needs to be talked about. No, I'm all about this tangent because I've definitely experienced that myself. My workouts are always way more effective when I am angry. It's just like you have this level of energy that is unexplainable. But I do think that it's normal for humans to have emotions. I mean, we're not meant to be flat beings. We're meant to go through all of this. But I think the problem that we're facing is we're not really sure how to process it. So I think it is important to have an outlet like you're talking about where you are able to exercise and release it. Because if we continue to bottle it up, then you're going to explode. And the explosion is really, it's really unhealthy when it gets to that point, because you know that it's one thing after the next. Like you said, you can't really identify what it is that you were kind of really upset about, but it was just coming out. So eventually it is going to explode unless you find an outlet like working out that you're allowing it to release, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been seeing it as, well, first of all, to not discredit the the emotion, right? It comes from something. So I allow myself to be angry and I allow myself to be mad no matter what the thing was that made me mad or the thing that I have bottled up. And at the same time, I see it as energy. So now when I'm in the gym and it comes up, I just jump around and it might look really weird, but I literally jump up and down. I shake my arms, I shake my body and I tell myself, this is just energy. This is just energy. I am just letting go of this energy and it helps. And at the same time, like I said, not discrediting the actual anger because it's not like, oh, we're just going to just wipe this away, this anger, because it's just energy. It has a legitimate source. And at the same time, I can release it. And that has been helpful. So if anyone's listening right now thinking, oh my God, when I work out, I get very rageful. Well, maybe you should jump up and down. <laughs> maybe it will help. Maybe at a good old dance sesh too, jumping up and down, dance yeah. it out. But speaking of letting it go, I know you were talking about how when you were told no, that you couldn't come over to the States for a few months and, and work remotely here, that you did feel a little bit of this rage. How did you really work through that? And how was that really instrumental in leading you to where you are today and creating your business space to think? That specific situation really was a data point for me. So I wasn't quite sure what my values were at that point. I had done, you know, some of those corporate exercises and what are your values and it's like teamwork and honesty. And, but I'd never really dug deep enough into myself to see like, what, what are my true core values? And that moment was a data point for me to realize, okay, autonomy is a core value of mine. Working for someone else where I have a limited amount of PTO and I am tied to an office, it doesn't work for me right now in this stage of my life because autonomy is so important and because adventure is so important to me and inspiration and excitement and like new things. That's all very important to me. That's why I travel a lot because I love to do that. It gives me life. So that specific moment just fed into the kind of soul searching that I was doing and making me realize like what I needed in a career to make me happy. And that's what kickstarted a lot more searching around because at that point I just knew, okay, I need autonomy. I didn't know anything else. It wasn't like, so I'm going to be a career coach. 
now I started to think, okay, maybe I should be a yoga teacher, which was hilarious because I don't think I should be a yoga teacher, but I really loved yoga because it was one of the only things that calmed me down in that really stressful time. So I went out and talked to a bunch of yoga teachers, realized probably not the right job for me. Then I went on LinkedIn. I talked to a bunch of people with different businesses, different jobs to figure out what it is that would fit my life and career vision really well. And the more people I talked to, the more I could eliminate, you know, like, this is not what I want. This might be what I want. I would go down that path, talk to someone else, be like, oh, is this maybe what would give me that autonomy, that inspiration, that purpose and serving others. And down that path, I found career coaching. And I was still in my job at that time. So I was just kind of browsing around, trying to look for what would fit well, decided to get my coaching certification while I was working. And I think it was about three months into my certification that I decided that I had to quit my job. So it all trickled down and all these emotions and like that rage moment, they were all just data points feeding into what would be the right path for me. I really like what you're talking about here because I think a lot of people are probably listening right now and resonating with how you were feeling. And you did some things that were really instrumental in bringing you to where you are today. The first one is you said you identified the values, really your non-negotiables, things that were really important to you in living a life that was in really fulfillment to Marcia. And that was you wanted autonomy. That was your number one core value. You wanted adventure. You wanted to try new things. And then once you were able to identify those core values, you then took it a step further and you connected with individuals through LinkedIn. You found people that had potentially interesting job titles and you pretty much interviewed them. You took the time to be able to understand what it is they do, kind of what they liked about their job, what they didn't, and were really able to see, do my core values fit into this career path? And then among that, you stumbled upon career coaching. So that's really fascinating that you were able to break it down in that way to be able to learn through other people what would be a good fit for you versus what wouldn't. And obviously, career coaching, it really worked out. So you decided to explore career coaching. And then you had a moment where you decided, I actually want to make this my full-time gig. What kind of did that feel like when you decided, you know what, I don't want to do corporate anymore. This is really where I meant to go. So empowering, like so, so, so empowering. This, this is my favorite story to tell. I've told it many times. I knew I was going to quit my job. I knew I was going to go all in on career coaching. I don't remember the moment when I decided that that was going to be my path, but I do remember the moment when I knew it was time to go all in. I started my business from absolute scratch. So I had no business plan. I had no business name. I had no website, no clients, no leads, nothing. I didn't even know exactly what my niche was going to be. And the reason that I started from scratch was because I quit on a, I don't want to say on a whim, because it wasn't, but I did quit very unexpectedly. So I was in my certification. I was practicing my coaching with other students. And it was a Sunday. And this guy who I was practicing with was coaching me. And my main question for the session was, when should I quit my job? Should I stay longer or should I quit now? Or like when? And he said, well, if anything is possible, what would you do? I said, well, I'll quit tomorrow. Tomorrow. He said, why, why don't you? I said, well, I need money. Okay. How can you get money? So I said, well, I can get a job as a barista. I can go and work somewhere else part-time. I can use my savings, but I can't do that. And he stopped me there. So 
that liking you not use your savings. I said, well, you know, autonomy is my core value, right? Like this is really important for me that I have these savings because if I ever get stuck somewhere, AKA be dependent on that, I use that money to get out. It's my independence, it's my autonomy to have this money so that I can get myself out of the situation. And he left, I put my money on this, the most legendary silence of his coaching career. <laughs> Such a good silence. You could hear the cars in Amsterdam going by like a full 10 seconds. I'm like, that is now. That is literally now. I am stuck in a place where I don't want to be. And I have these savings to get me out. I got to get my ass out of there with those savings. And it wasn't exactly that moment that made me decide, okay, tomorrow I'm quitting my job. But I did close my computer, went to the coffee shop around the street, sat down, made a pros and cons list of quitting now. I had a over 2,000 mile bike ride coming up across Europe. I knew if I quit now, I could make that trip even more amazing because I didn't have an end date at that point. So I made the pros and cons of staying and quitting soon. And I still hadn't made up my mind. I went to bed that Sunday just being like, okay, whatever. And the next day I'm in my office and it's 3 p.m. I'm just working. And suddenly it just hit like a light bulb just going on. And I'm like, I know, I have to quit. Let's quit right now. And the reason why I knew it so clearly was because before that moment, every single decision I made, especially big ones, I would call all my friends, I would call my mom, I would call my grandma and like talk to the neighbors. And I would like ask every single person in my life, what do you think I should do? What would you do? At this specific moment, me sitting in my office, I didn't have to ask anyone. I just knew. I didn't even text my partner to say, hey, I'm going to quit. I literally closed my laptop, I walked downstairs, and I said to the person from HR, do you have five minutes? I'm like, I'm quitting. And after that, I texted my partner, my best friend, and I said, I just quit. And that was the most empowering thing ever. I decided that nobody else influenced that. That was just me. I knew it, that that was the time. And I haven't looked back. It's been the most aligned decision ever. What's interesting is that I think a lot of us have this calling and this intuition that we're meant to do something different than what we're currently doing. But you said it when you were talking with this coach, when you guys were practicing, the excuse that you used, and I'm, I'm saying excuse because it kind of was in a way, your excuse was I need money. And I am guilty of this excuse as well. I come from the corporate sales background where I was making great money and I didn't have to depend on anyone. And I thought that if I went all in on my business, that I wouldn't be able to recover, that I would never have that kind of money again. But you fall into kind of this trap and you do get all the opinions from your coworkers, your friends, your family, and everyone's like, no, just go for the safety. But in your heart, you know that you're made for something more. And that intuition can lead you to somewhere even more beautiful and even more abundant from a full life perspective, but also a financial perspective if you really embrace it. But I have to ask, you said you texted your partner and you said, I just quit. What was his reaction? Funny thing is, I don't even know what he said, but I think he said something like, how do you feel? That's why I love this guy. He's not like, oh my God, that's amazing. Or, oh my God, that's terrible. But not filling it in for me, but asking, how do you feel? And my best friend said the exact same thing. How do you feel? And I'm like, amazing. That's when you know it's right. The people who were closest to me knew that this was the right thing for me. And what you shared about other people saying, oh, choose the safe place, that resonates a lot. And I think the people who are just slightly further away 
people usually say that is they want to keep you safe or they want to keep you in their arena, right? Don't surpass us. Don't grow past us. We want to keep you with us because we love you so much. That's not what they'll literally say, but that is what is the meaning behind their maybe you shouldn't do it because. And I think people closest to you, the ones that are really, really close to your heart, they will see and they will feel that purpose that is out there for you that's bigger than where you're currently at. Especially when you are following your heart and you're saying it from a place, hey, this is what I need to be doing. This is my soul's calling and I cannot stop listening to it. I have to answer it. What can someone who loves you do other than say, okay, okay, go for it. I want you to be happy. And I'm so grateful that the people in my life did that. Definitely. And something that I've had in conversations with other women is sometimes the people that are closest to you are not intentionally holding you back, but they think that they have your best interests at heart, but it's coming from a place of scarcity rather than abundance sometimes. And so as you're starting out as an entrepreneur, I think it is important to not only obviously turn to those that are really important your loved ones in your life for the support, but also to reach out to community, people that have been there and done that before you that are maybe just a few steps ahead because they know the certain position that you're in and can really resonate with what you're going through. But also they can really push you and inspire you to keep going when the times get tough. I mean, you started without a business plan. You didn't know what your niche was. You had no leads, but you didn't let that stop you from moving forward. And I think a part of that is because not only did you have this intuition, this inner knowing that you were meant for more, but you also were very, in a way, strategic with your approach to everything. You knew that this is the path you were going through because you did all that research. So once you identified that the coaching you were going to go all in on, what did you do next? So the next thing I did was go on a giant bike trip. I was already planning on doing this. So we rode our bikes, my partner and I, from Amsterdam to Porto in Portugal in a weird route through Germany, all the way across France, through Spain, through Portugal. And along that ride, I was thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? Who do I want to serve? But kind of on a back burner. And what I love about cycling is that when your legs go in circles, your brain kind of goes in circles as well. So you're riding your bike, you're paying attention to the road, you're paying attention to the surroundings, but your mind's going as well. And it's kind of like this meditative movement. So it helps you if you have a certain challenge to go through it over and over again. So as I was riding every day on the back burner, I had this question of, so who do I want to serve? And what do I want to mold it into? So I was having those thoughts on the back burner and that really helped me slowly shape the vision that I had. And the beauty of entrepreneurship is it's always changing. My business doesn't look the same as it did a year ago. And that's a good thing. But my next steps from there on were really about what you just mentioned with networking and community. Because I know that things are so much easier when you have people in your corner who can support you. And the thing is with the people around you is that you can't get everything you need from one person. Right. And you can't get your business support from your best friend because these people have different motives and have different connections to you. So someone who wants to keep you safe is not going to be like, oh, yeah, you should definitely take that giant business risk. But someone who is a little bit further away, who might be a business mentor or someone in the same industry, 
it will be more likely to help you take those bigger risks. So I really reached out to the people around me who I knew had a business. I joined an amazing community called Nomad Haven for female entrepreneurs and digital nomads. I went on a bunch of coffee calls with different entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and got the support that I needed. So I got a business mentor, my first big investment. I just tried out a bunch of different stuff. I experimented. I mean, I come from the startup world and innovation. So experimenting and prototyping is something I was very familiar with. And that is what I really leveraged in my business, especially in the beginning. And it still is how I want to run my business. So my goal is to run my business from a place of joy, trust, and innovation. And that means that I follow what excites me. That means that I trust that everything will be okay. And it means that I innovate when something isn't working and that I try new things. So that has been from day one, how I started and combining that with my network and people around me that has been, I want to say, if I would do it again, I would do it exactly the same. Good for you. I think it was because you identified your core values very early on. You knew what was important to you and what you wanted and what you didn't want moving forward. So that was, I think, getting the clarity around that is everything. And earlier you mentioned that your business started very differently than what it looks like today. What did it start with? Like, who were you serving at that time versus what are you doing now within your career coaching business? And what does that look like today? Yeah, so I started focusing mainly on women in tech and supporting women in tech in their career development. What that looked like was really practical career coaching. So almost more like a career mentor. You could see it where you're sharing your lived experience with someone. I was still coaching, but I was helping them land interviews. I was helping them do their resume, like all of these more practical things. And that worked out really great in the first few months. And then at some point it started to feel like that wasn't really where my talent was. And I knew that, I knew that. But if there's people listening here that are starting a business, this thought will 100% have crossed your mind, but it doesn't sell. Like, but this doesn't sell, but how are people gonna buy this? So I felt like coaching, pure coaching, which is believing that you have the answer within you and I'm gonna help you get it to the surface. My belief was that that didn't sell. So I had to sell something more concrete, like I'm gonna help you redo your resume. I'm going to help you lend this job. That's what I started with, but I felt like I was becoming this Google page. Like, okay, I'm going to get on a call with my client. I'm going to tell them how to land this interview, but they could found that on Google in a million blog posts or like a bazillion YouTube videos. And it's not where my strength lies as a coach. So that's why I pivot to what I'm doing today, which also naturally formed by watching my clients grow. A lot of my clients started with me because they wanted to get promoted. They wanted to land the job. And after a couple of months, they realized they didn't want to get promoted. They wanted to start their own business. So seeing that happen has changed my business niche, if you will, to helping people create a career that fits them like a tailor-made suit so that they can have their work and life on their terms, whatever that looks like. So a lot of my clients start businesses, a lot of them become digital nomads, go freelance, become consultants, or they land their dream jobs with way better benefits, or that's fully remote, or they get that promotion they've been dreaming of, whatever it looks like for them. And I coach, which is where my strength lies. So I don't tell my clients what to do. My coaching is 70% pure coaching, 30% mentoring, 
and that differs per crime. But that always means that the emphasis is highly on knowing that they have the answer. They know what's best for them. I don't know their values, right? So I don't know which job is best for them. But I do know how to get that to the surface when they are not sure what it is. And then there's 30% where I will give them business guidance, career support, where it's like, okay, I want to go for this negotiation. I want to try to get this job, or I want to land this for my first paid client. How do I do this? And that feels like such a tailor-made fit for me, like to do business this way and to support my people this way. And I can see it in the results. I can see it in my clients. The other day I was getting like a bunch of photos from all these different clients traveling all over the place, taking their newly founded businesses with them. One of my clients just landed her dream promotion without asking for it and then took a month off to go travel India. It just fills me with so much joy to talk about it because that is what I want to bring to this world. More women who get to thrive and enjoy their lives and enjoy their work and lives instead of that dark hole that is 40 years of sitting behind your desk, right? What I was looking at. I'm so glad that I get to support others in creating a life that lights them up as well, where they don't feel like, oh, I have to live for the weekend or, oh, I only have three days PTO left and it's April. You know, like that is not the vibe. I'm so glad that my clients are finding what that looks like for them. Gosh, I love this so much because I, I know you and I have spoken about this offline here, but our missions and our what we're here like bringing to this world, I think is very in line with one another. It's really just allowing women to really unleash their biggest dreams and make those dreams a reality. And that to me, I mean, I'm watching you. People can't see you obviously here, but I'm watching you talk about it and you are completely lighting up from how you talked about life in the corporate world. You're talking about rage to how you talk about the transformation your clients have seen and the impact that you've been able to make in people's lives. It's just like, I get so much joy out of seeing your face. Like this lights me up. So it's just like this circle. I know going kind of back to that cycling analogy here, like you're pedaling and it's allowing me to pedal too. And we're just all pedaling together in this thing called life. And we're making our dreams a reality. So I love, love, love what you're doing because it inspires me so much. So thank you. Thank you. That means so much to me. <laughs> Absolutely. But something that you said earlier too, you were talking about how when you first started, you were thinking that you needed to have something a little bit more concrete, like a specific offer. You felt like they could have just Googled it and got the answers, but then you eventually transformed into something a little bit more broad. Why do you think you felt like you had to start so narrow at the beginning? Yeah, and I love this question because it ties into something that I've learned over the past year, which has been vital for my business success. And that is that the only way to do business is your way. The only way to have sustainable success is to do it your way. Once again, I will repeat myself a million times. That's why I don't tell my clients what to do. When they ask me, how do you get clients? I'm like, I'm happy to tell you, but I'm not going to right now because what works for me might not work for you. So we're first going to figure out what works for you. And then if you want to know how I do it, I'm happy to share it, right? So I started very specific because every single post on LinkedIn that I saw said, create your niche be super specific, have a very specific offer and like make promises that you're going to raise their salary by 10K in two weeks or all of that advice on LinkedIn was so tailored towards having this super hyper-specific offer. That was just what I was following. 
because in all honesty, like I was not too long out of college where people tell you what to do. And if you do it correctly, you get the right grade. And the same thing in, in my innovation job, like I was taught to innovate and think for myself, but again, you're working with big corporates. So you do need to somewhat tick the boxes in order for the corporate to be happy, right? So I was in that mindset of there is, I like to call it, I don't know why, there's this one golden magic bean. This has been my analogy for a full year. There's this one golden magic bean that holds to truth, that holds to success. There's one way. If you do it that way, you'll be rich. You'll have the life you want. Now, that was kind of my mindset. And I had to learn that that's not true. There are multiple ways to do something. And the only way that's going to give you that golden magic bean success is your way. So I had to realize that, well, all the tips I was following, you know, the $20 masterclasses and the LinkedIn posts and the podcasts I was listening to, it wasn't going to work for me to just copy that. And that's when I had to sit down with myself and ask myself, well, what would work for me? And that's also how I decided on who I wanted as my one-on-one coach. I didn't want someone who was going to tell me what to do because it doesn't work for me because I slip into that really quickly where I slip into the mindset of, okay, you're going to tell me what to do and I'll follow it to a T and then it will work. So I have to kind of guard myself from that type of thinking and really ground myself in the thought of, I know what's best for me and I have to follow that because it's the only thing. So learning that helps me to see, okay, having a very strict niche can be very successful for a lot of people, but not for me at this moment. Uh, it's been honestly really empowering to be able to say that out loud, to be able to say, hey, okay, this might work for a bunch of people and it probably doesn't work for me right now. And that's okay. I think that's very powerful. It goes back to what you were talking about at the very beginning when your brother was telling you that you went from the career tiger to really being. You are allowing yourself to really be and listening to that inner voice and that intuition because your intuition knows better than any strategy that's out there. And I completely agree with you that there's a lot of great strategies that are out there, but the only strategy that's going to work for yourself is one that you create. Because I've been struggling with this myself. I have gravitated towards the flashy things. Do it this way and you'll find this kind of success. And you feel pulled to do that because it's honestly what we know coming from the corporate world. You do things a certain way. There's a certain formula. I mean, you'll get the results. But we got out of corporate for a reason. So it's time that we start listening to that inner voice because that inner voice, if we truly listen to us, will give us all of the answers that we need. I truly believe that. And clearly it's working for you and you're leading your clients to be able to do the same. And I really like that you're not giving them the answers kind of quote unquote, but you're allowing them to formulate what makes sense for themselves. So if someone were to want to work with you, maybe they're in the corporate grind, they have dreams for more, and they're really needing a little bit of guidance. Like what would be the best first step that you would recommend that they take in reaching out to you? All right. Beautiful. So if you're listening and if you're feeling so much resonance with this story, and if you're feeling like that pool in your belly where it's like, oh, I need to explore this, send me a message. Everyone can DM me on LinkedIn. They are My DMs are very much open for you. And let's talk about your challenges, what you are currently experiencing, what your dreams are, maybe the dreams that you've only whispered to yourself. You know, you're in the shower by yourself. I'd really like to start that business. But, 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 
and all these doubts and fears. Let's let's talk about it in an open conversation and see if I'm the right coach for you to help you bring that to life and gather up the plan and the courage to go do it. I also have a free guided coaching experience that is beautiful for anyone who wants to create or design their next career step. Whatever that may be, right? Maybe you want to start that business. Maybe you want to put all your stuff in a storage unit and go travel the world for a year. Maybe you want to land a different job. Whatever it is, I recorded this audio for you. So it is a 23-minute listen where you just sit down with a notebook and a pen. You follow my voice. I ask you the coaching questions that are going to help you leave those 23 minutes with actionable steps to take. So if you're like, hmm, I kind of like that idea of having some guidance right away, get that free coaching experience in your pocket because that's going to be really good for creating some momentum. And like I said, my DMs are always open. I have a one-on-one six-month coaching program where my clients go from feeling stuck and stagnant and like just uninspired in their career paths to feeling deeply satisfied in their careers and lives because it's on their terms. So if you want to learn more about that, send me a message. We can talk about it. I would love to meet some of you in a chat. And I'll make sure that everything is linked in the show notes here, but there's also another place that people can find you. You actually started a podcast called The Unconventional Career Coach. So if someone wanted to tune in, what could they expect from your podcast? I absolutely love the podcast. It's been such a joy to create it. The Unconventional Career Coach is a podcast for anything careers. And like I said, I don't want to be the Google. I don't want to be like, okay, do these three steps to land the job. Go ahead and Google. It has a billion great tips for you. The Unconventional Career Coach is a podcast where I talk about the things that aren't necessarily what you find on LinkedIn or in blogs. So I talk about how ancestral trauma might be holding you back in your next career step. I talk about the power of your period and how that can actually support you in being more productive and more energetic at work. I talk about how I play the LinkedIn game and how I don't play by the rules. All these different things that surround careers, business, entrepreneurship, being a woman in the corporate world, all of these things just blend in together in this podcast. And I would love for people to check it out and see which episode resonates with them because there are so many different topics out there. So I know there's going to be one that like really sparks your interest and you're like, ooh, I want to know more about that. That's so good. It's so authentic and just real. I think that people are, are going to resonate with that wholeheartedly. Now, one of the ways that I like to end all of these episodes is obviously you've shared some amazing advice already, but if you could just really narrow down one piece of advice that you would give to that woman that is really looking to start their own business, what would you tell her? I would tell her, what if it did work out? What if it did work out? What if that idea that you have, that you keep telling yourself, it's not going to work, it's probably too much. I'm probably too young. I'm probably too old. I don't have enough experience. What will the rest say? But there's so much competition. What if it did work out? And what does it mean to play safe? Because if it did work out, maybe it is highly dangerous to stay where you are right now. Maybe it is absolutely unsafe to stay stuck and unfulfilled where you are right now. Because what if it did work out? And what if playing it safe meant to go all in on that? because you simply couldn't not, because what if it worked out and you left that on the table? How sad would that be? 
you have to go and get it because what if it did work out? That's what I would say. And this is what I have in a post-it here on my screen because also me, yes, people, also me forgets that. So I, I tell myself, what if it does work out? And then I'm like, heck yeah, what if it does work out? I can't leave that on the table. So good. What if it did work out? I think that's a wonderful place to leave this for today. And Marcia, I know that earlier we were talking about jumping up when you experience rage, but right now I literally am jumping up and down in my seat because I'm just so stimulated by this invigorating conversation. So thank you so much for being a wonderful start to my day and bringing so much value to today's listeners. Thank you so much. This was such a joy. And I hope that this touched your heart if you listen. Thank you so much, Megan. Marcia is a prime example of what can happen when you align your professional life with personal authenticity. She shared how she clearly identified her core values, and because of that, she was able to successfully craft a career that beautifully mirrored them. As you explore your own entrepreneurial journey, I encourage you to take time and examine your core values. That may be just the thing that helps you take the leap of your own. So let me ask you, self-starter, what is it that you value? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Self-Starter Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com. And remember, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. See you next time.